Welcome to Crime Nation. This is the companion podcast for Crime Nation, the series, which airs Tuesday on The CW at 8 p.m. in the East. This is the place where we take you behind the headlines of some of America's most shocking crimes and give you the scoop on each episode. You'll hear exclusive clips, hear the stories that didn't make the show, and you'll meet the people that bring Crime Nation to life. You are here in Crime Nation. This is Brian Enton with News Nation. I'm a contributor with Crime Nation, uh, and I'm here for this podcast to debrief about the Casey White Crime Nation episode. Man, what an episode it was. That story uh, is just wild. Casey White and Vicki White, really the unlikeliest of couples. He was an inmate uh, with a long history of violence awaiting trial for a heinous stabbing, the murder of Connie Ridgway. This was all uh, in Lauderdale County, Alabama. Vicki was this decorated high-ranking corrections officer. Everybody loved her. Perfect record, incredible employee. She was known for having this heart of gold. Uh, and they had this chance meeting at the Lauderdale County Jail. It led to this secret relationship. Uh, there was this crazy jailbreak. They were on the run for 11 days. I was chasing them all over the country, a whole national manhunt. Uh, and in the end, it was a very sad ending. Vicky was left dead. Uh, and still to this day, the community is searching uh, for answers, which is one of the reasons this Crime Nation episode was so eye-opening. Two hours uh, packed full of of info that we haven't heard before in terms of what really happened behind the scenes. And so many of us have heard the story of the escape, the manhunt. Uh, but but Crime Nation went went even farther back to explore who Casey and Vicky really are. Casey has this violent past, uh, and and it wasn't covered so much in real time during the manhunt because we were so focused on the manhunt. Uh, but for Crime Nation, we tracked down one of his first interviews, uh, one of the first interviews with a man named uh, Danny Abernathy. Uh, it gives you just an idea how violent Casey was. Danny was was uh, watching a movie. This was back in 2015 with Casey's ex-girlfriend, a woman named Carrie Tyler. Uh, when Casey invaded their house, trying to kill Carrie, apparently, uh, they escaped thanks to uh, a dog, a dog named Missy Bridges, who was living in the house, who ended up being shot to death by Casey. But again, this just gives you an idea of how violent Casey White was. And this is an interview you haven't seen before until the uh, the Crime Nation episode. Take a listen. Uh, my name is Danny Abernathy. I am best friends with the ex-girlfriend of Casey White. And we were both victims of his rampage. My best friend, she met Casey White through an online dating service. I don't even think they were even dating a whole month whenever whenever she decided to split ways with him. It was a, a tricky breakup, and I ended up letting her and her uh, children move in with me and my boyfriend and my dog, Missy Bridges. That night was just like any other night. We were starting our nightly movie. And the next thing I know, my friend is just busting at my bedroom door saying that Casey White is there with some guns. For some reason it didn't register, I thought she was maybe joking. But he pushed her into the bedroom and that's when everything got really real for me. He was holding two guns, one towards me and one towards my boyfriend. And he tells us, get down, get down now. 
I do remember his pupils being very dilated. And I just put my head down into the mattress and I started praying. I knew for a fact that I was gonna die. Like I saw his finger on the trigger, he was ready. I'm about to die. Missy Bridges heard all of the commotion going on and she comes in and she attacks his left arm. It creates a chance for my friend to get away. She runs through the hallway and out the back door. Casey runs out of the room down the hallway after her and me and my boyfriend, we used that opportunity to escape. As we're running, I heard five gunshots. And in my head, I was thinking about my friend, her kids, and my dog. I just knew that, you know, that they were gone. Sadly, again, Danny's dog ended up getting shot and killed by Casey White, and you could tell just how emotional he was in that interview. And if he only knew what was going to unfold later in Casey White's life with this crazy manhunt and the way all of that ended with Vicky White being dead. Uh, again, just one of the earlier signs of, of how violent Casey White was. I want to bring in Raven Ryder. She's also known uh, as as Mars. Uh, a few days after the disappearance, she, she got on TikTok and, and her post started going viral. She's an Alabama single mom with family um, and hometown ties to, to Vicki in the area where she's from in Alabama. Um, and her reaction to the case and insider gossip really went viral on TikTok. Some of her posts uh, amassed 2 million views. She was a big part of the Crime Nation show. We really appreciate her taking uh, part and we're excited to kind of get a behind the scenes look uh, with Raven uh, about what she knows about the case. Um, Raven, thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. Of course, thank you for having me. I'm so excited. This really did blow up on TikTok. Um, I can remember when I was out there in the field chasing Vicky and Casey around, uh, and there were TikTokers like you really tracking every move of the manhunt. Yes, and I did not expect it to blow up the way it did at all. How were you keeping track of everything behind the scenes? Um, I mean, mainly uh, a big part of it at the time was Facebook. Um, and, you know, it was kind of crazy because once that first video went viral, I had so many people reaching out to me just being like, hey, have you heard this? Have you heard this? Have you heard this? And um, so mainly a big part of it was social media. Oh, yeah. The Crime Nation show is obviously now aired and you can still stream it on the CW. Uh, and there's also been like a made for TV movie about Vicky and Casey. And there's there's still all sorts of, of coverage. Um, are you still learning information? I mean, are people still sending you tips? Is there is there still new stuff that comes in through TikTok? Um, not really. It's it's kind of, you know, died down. Um, I did have someone recently see one of my videos and um, she had commented that uh, she had actually watched Casey in the jail after he was arrested and that she believed he truly did love Vicky. Um, but that's really the only thing lately that I've had. I think that's the big question that still remains. We may never know the answer to um, mm -hmm. since Vicky White is sadly no longer with us and, and Casey's in jail but you know what really went on behind the scenes with this love affair um what I always found so interesting from the beginning is there was like people were really almost rooting for Vicky in a way like obviously what she did was wrong but I think just mm -hmm. the whole love story and people felt sorry for her and there was there was this weird fascination with Vicky yeah and you know I kind of feel for her too um I mean her life she didn't really have anyone and I, I you know I kind of feel bad for her too there will always be a soft spot in me that you know I feel like she just wanted love you know and I think that's why we all kind of connected 
to the case the way we did. And for someone with such a stellar career, I mean, we really got into that in in the episode on Crime Nation. Um, you know, she was so trusted. That That's the other thing I think that just boggles the mind. How does someone so trusted who, you know, has never really made a mistake at work turn like that? Yeah. And I, I mean, that is a big thing because it was a shock to anyone that knew her, to the community, because this was a woman who was so highly decorated. But, you know, when you are in love, it can make you blind and it can make you do stupid, stupid things. I think we can all relate to that in some way. Maybe not to this extreme, hopefully, but. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you're from the part of Alabama where all of this went down, Lauderdale County. Now that the dust has settled there, I mean, kind of take us behind the scenes. Like, what, I mean, do people still talk about it? Like, what's the vibe? Um, A little bit here and there. Not really. It's kind of just moved on to, you know, you know how time goes by as years go by. It's on to the next story. So as time moves on, it's kind of just becoming like that hometown story of, Hey, did you hear about that time? You know? Oh, totally. Yeah. And in the episode, there was a part where you see me, I, I went to Vicki White's mom's house and she, I remember talking to her at the door and she didn't want to go on TV. And I really felt for her. I mean, you know, she was just devastated by everything that happened. This wasn't the, I remember her saying this wasn't the Vicky that, that she knew. And it was just a, a sad situation. Has her family, have you heard anything more about her family? Um, No, I haven't. And that, that's, that's the one thing that broke my heart was her mother. Um, I think out of anyone out of that situation, my heart broke the most for her just because it was like she said, it wasn't her daughter. She didn't understand it. And, you know, she lost her daughter because of it. Without Casey White's sentencing and uh, Vicky's mom was there along with some other family members and just like seeing her again in person. And it was, it was very sad. They brought her in through a side door. They've, they've really tried to protect her. Um, you can tell that even law enforcement feels for her. It's a tricky, it's a tricky situation. Like even though Vicky was wrong um, and, you know, clearly did a lot behind the scenes to make all of this happen, you just can't help but feel bad for her and really bad for her family, I think. Don't you think? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, you said it, Vicky, what Vicky did was wrong. But I mean, I feel like her family is as much victims as anyone else because they can't control what she did, you know, and they yeah. lost her because of it. I want to play a clip from the show um, where the investigator talked really in detail. We got detail that we've really never heard before in this Crime Nation episode about how involved Vicky was in the case and when they realized that she was, in fact, uh, an accomplice. Uh, okay, take a listen. We started working, looking for any evidence or any clues where they may be. One of the things I had to do was figure out what patrol card she had. We looked at the footage from the escape from that morning. One of the first things that stuck out to me was she had her sidearm on her, which is a big policy violation. You either lock your weapon in your car or there's a box on the wall uh, that you can lock it in. No one's allowed to have a weapon inside the jail. We also noticed she's in front of him or, or beside him in some instances, you know, with the gun exposed. The right way to do it is the inmate walks in front of you as you're going out. She walked around in front of him and just walked on to her car. That's very dangerous. 
it all showed us that she trusted him. She was not concerned with her safety at all when it came to being around Casey White. She took him out of the detention center stating that they were going to the courthouse, which was not true. Things really weren't adding up. Could Vicki actually be an accomplice and not a hostage in all of this? So Raven, I mean, hearing that, it seems like when, when they first went missing, because Vicki had such a stellar record, you know, the other cops at the Lauderdale County Sheriff's Office immediately thought, oh gosh, like she's been kidnapped. But then they looked at the surveillance video and, and pretty quickly realized, wait a minute, there's something else going on here. And, and that's easy because, I mean, if you see the surveillance video when she's taking him out of the jail, I mean, she's, you know, normally she's let it, she's walking in front of him. She's not scared at all about, you know, him overpowering her or anything. It's very casual. And, you know, the moment I saw that video footage, you know, to me, it screamed, oh, she's, she's in on it. And, and she had done a dry run. Right. I mean, I think that hadn't they like practiced? Yes. Just to see if anyone would question it. Um, and that was something that had actually kind of shocked me, too. I didn't expect them to have tried it before, you know. Well, she had so much power in the jail. I mean, she basically ran the jail. So I guess she was able to to pull this stuff off, even the dry run without anyone really noticing. There was this other part in Crime Nation um where the investigator talked about uh, the great lengths that Vicky went to, to to even come up with this new name, going through law enforcement databases, you know, that she had to use a, a fake name once, once they were on the run. I, I want to play that, and then we'll talk about it. With Vicky getting Casey out, we knew right away that she could not go around claiming to be Vicky White. Uh, she had to have some kind of a plan for what names they're going to use. One of the things that Vicki had access to was our internal police databases to a lot of identification information from former inmates. She had came in six days before the escape and looked up numerous names. Names that she could possibly be using as a check into motels purchase cars. She got their pictures and made them some IDs. That was a pretty smart move. Vicki knew how to cover her tracks. She, she knew how to stay a step ahead of law enforcement because she was law enforcement. She was putting a lot of detail in her planning. She was trying to be careful. Everything was meticulous. She had been planning this for a while with Casey. This wasn't something that she just dreamt up overnight. So, I mean, it, that shows, Raven, I mean, the, the the research she was doing, I mean, they were able to go back and see she was looking in law enforcement databases at names. You know, this wasn't just like a, a last minute decision. There was a lot of planning. Oh, no. I mean, it seemed like they were planning at least a year in advance. Like, she put some time and some energy to make sure that they could get away with it. It's interesting. You have to wonder... During that time, since we know that she was a good woman for most of her life, I wonder if she was, you know, having a hard time, like, decide, am I really going to pull this off? Do I really want to do this? Or if she just had her mind made up. And that's something that I'm always going to wonder, you know, because she had so much time to change her mind. 
you know, and you, you got to think that she, you know, with how close her and her mama were and her family, like, I just can imagine being in front of my mother and thinking, am I really going to do this to her, you know? And so that's one thing I always wonder is what went through her head during that entire time she was planning, you know, she could have backed out at any moment, but she chose not to. Do you know much about her divorce? I mean, I knew that she was divorced. I, I reported on that and that, you know, even the sheriff told me that she was lonely. Do we know much about what happened there? Well, I know she had been divorced and then I know she had a boyfriend that she was with for a very long time, but he got really, really sick. Um, So she wasn't with him anymore. Um, I believe I'm kind of fuzzy because I believe they were still living together and she was helping take care of him. Um, But she was not still in a relationship with him. So I think it was just, you know, she didn't really have anyone. She other than her mother and you know her whole life was the jail right so she lived i'm remembering now when i went out to her mom's house she had another house i mean it's the country that she had a house back behind her mom's so they Which were really pretty close normal yeah, yeah. It's pretty normal down here and i'm going to get to this in a little bit about when i talked to casey but it's pretty clear he's a manipulative guy oh yeah you know? <laughs> i have some stories about that yes what do yeah tell me i mean what do you cuz i got that um, vibe right away when i talked to him well he i mean he still has supporters um when all of this was going down after a little bit there was a group of women on facebook and tiktok who wrote with him and who were in relationships with him who came after me hardcore for talking about him. He is a charming man who still is charming women to this day. Help me understand, because I cover a lot of these true crime cases and, you know, with men who are killers and men who are, you know, accused of really bad things. And there are, there's always in the comments, there's always women that like have crushes on these guys. I wish I could understand it, but I don't. I mean, I I cover so many stories on TikTok and I'll see it in my comments on TikToks. And I just don't, I don't understand. It is one thing that I can and will not ever understand. (laughs) In addition to being manipulative, Casey White, by the way, and I've seen him in person several times. I mean, he is a massive man. He's like a giant. Oh, Oh, he is huge. He is huge, yes. So maybe some of the women, I don't know if that draws some of the women. I don't get it. I mean, because I mean. I don't get it either. I I think he looks, I don't think he's the nicest looking man. I'm going to put it politely. So I I just don't get it at all. (laughs) And when you look at his past, um, which we got into in in the Crime Nation episode in in pretty good detail, you know, the violent past, um, you know, the the things that he's capable of. I want to talk about the Connie Ridgway case, by the way. Um, And we got into that pretty deeply in Crime Nation. A woman murdered years ago. Casey White was charged, even apparently confessed to that. That's the reason that he was in jail. That's the reason that he, you know, started writing and got in contact with Vicky. But the charges against him were later dropped in that murder case. What, What do we know about that? How does where does that stand? I mean, as it stands, there's not really anything to it. Um, that is one I will admit with the Connie Ridgeway. I'm I think he was involved, but I don't necessarily know if he was the one that pulled the trigger when it came to Connie. But I have not heard any updates. Um, but I'll admit I haven't checked for updates here recently. Her family, I feel, and they were in Crime Nation too. I feel for them because you know they deserve justice, and um, oh, absolutely. there's all sorts of doubt now, like you said, about whether. He was actually the one who did it. And I've wondered, too, I mean, do you think 
Vicky believed that he didn't do it. I think she did. I think she would have had to believe it to live with herself being with him. I agree with you. Because, I, I mean, even though she clearly took a turn and it's hard to know what she was thinking, she kind of went nuts there. I mean, with everything she did. But I, I yeah. like to believe that at least deep down she still, I mean, you know, was a good woman. And it's it's hard to imagine she would go on the run with someone she really believed killed an innocent lady, you know? Yeah, and that's that's where I stand. So I want to talk about this this I don't, this crazy thing that happened to me where, um, and this was in the show too, I was in Idaho. I well, first of all, I've been writing Casey White for a while. Through there's like an online portal where you can write prisoners, and you know, I covered the story. And I, uh, I thought, let me just start writing them. You know, Vicky's dead, and that may be the only way we really know what happened. And I didn't really expect a response, so I started mm-hmm. writing him, and then he started like responding. But um, not really giving much detail. And I, I gave him my phone number and I said, call me. And he never called. And I was in Idaho covering the murders there. And I get this call from an unknown number one morning. And it was it was Casey White. Like, I was totally shocked. He was calling me from the prison. And uh, we got into this in, in the Crime Nation episode. But I want to play a clip from our conversation when he called. Uh, and then I want to see what you what you think about it, Raven. There were still so many questions about Casey and Vicky even after he was back in jail and the manhunt was over and Vicky was dead. So I started writing Casey White um, in the Alabama prison system, just wanting to hear his take on what happened behind the scenes with him and Vicky. And then one day out of the blue, my phone rang. It was a number that I didn't recognize. uh, And I was shocked when I answered. It was Casey White on the other end. And I immediately started recording. You were saying you needed to talk to me ASAP. What, what's going on? I'm a little confession to Mike. Uh, I got a woman, a baby girl buried up in the heavens, really in the So did did you say that there's a woman buried up there? Yeah, so I was like shocked, Raven, when he basically, everyone was shocked that he called and then he like confessed to this other murder in Evansville, Indiana, which is where the whole manhunt for him and Vicky ended. And my first thought was that it was, uh, that it was real. I'm like, why would he be making this up? But then I uh, realized that he 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 was making it up. I mean, I'm 99.9% sure there were no missing persons cases. Police said he had lied before, but it was strange that he, I mean, what what did you make of all that? What, what was your take on it? Oh, I, I absolutely think he lied. And I think he lied because he didn't want to come back to the Alabama prison system. Um, I mean, it's not a secret that the Alabama prisons here are some of the worst in the country. He has talked about how much he hates Donaldson prison where he's at. Um, so I fully believe he confessed thinking he could get moved to Indiana and be at a nicer prison. What the sheriff told me he thought too. He thought that was the motivation. And then also, you know, at that point, the charges against him in the Connie Ridgway case hadn't been dropped. And he, his defense likely was going, and you know, he had confessed. So his defense mm-hmm. was going to be that it was like a fake confession that, it, you know, he, he made it up or whatever. So I was wondering, like, was he thinking if I call and confess another fake murder to Brian, can I then somehow use that in my case to say like, look, this is just like what I do, you know? Well, that's a good point. I haven't thought about that, but yeah, there's another good point. He could have been doing that. And when I was there covering his sentencing for the escape, 
Um, I got served with a subpoena from his defense team, which was totally a shock. Like I was just sitting oh, in the wow. courtroom. Yeah, I've never had that happen before. And, and you know, I got I got officially served. You need to come and testify uh, for the Connie Ridgeway trial, which again makes me think that maybe they were going to try to use me and use that jailhouse call to say, like, look, you know, he makes he makes stuff up. Oh wow, yeah, I didn't know that, but you're prob you're probably right on the money. Yeah, I haven't talked about that much, um, just because it was kind of a behind the scenes thing, but really caught me off guard, especially because I had interviewed his lawyers before, um, mm -hmm. pretty extensively and talked to them and. It was just, I mean, honestly, I just felt like it was kind of shady. Like no one ever told me. And all of a sudden I'm there covering something else. And like they served me with a subpoena. And also like as a journalist, it's not my job to come in. I mean, just watch my stories, but it's not my job to testify on behalf of a defendant. And you know what I mean? Well, yeah, but I mean, being from Alabama and with another story that's going on here locally, Alabama is shady. I'm yeah, not too shocked. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, I've moved on from it, but I was a little, uh, taken aback when that happened and and you know that when the when the charges were dropped um that kind of alleviated the whole thing for me we were going to fight the subpoena so that i didn't have to go but then when they threw the case out that just sort of i didn't have to worry about it anymore but i want to ask you raven about just i'm just curious since you've gotten into tiktok and this case really got you going like what do you think it is about tiktok and true crime i mean that's it, it it's people are really into it well tiktok is just a whole new platform and one thing that i love about tiktok is it provides information that the mainstream media doesn't like it puts stories out there that are otherwise not really shared um that's one thing i love about it because i hear about so many stories and things going on that i wouldn't have heard about if i was just watching tv you know totally so i mean when i'm covering stories too you know, witnesses and family members will start posting on TikTok before we are even able to find them. So it's a good resource in that way, too. Oh, yeah. Well, Raven, I appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. The episode was awesome. I'm so glad we were able to get so many new nuggets and interviews. And I have a feeling this just I just feel like this is one of those cases that I don't know what's going to come, but I feel like we're going to learn something more at some point. Like, I mean, Casey White is still alive. Like, I don't really feel like it's totally over, as weird as that sounds. No, when it comes to Casey White, I don't think we will ever be over. Yeah. So we'll, I'm sure we'll be in touch again. All right, Raven, thank you so much. Oh, of course. Thank you for having me. This was cool. All right. So our next two-hour Crime Nation, which airs next week, that will be Lori Vallow, the doomsday cult mom, of course. Talk about Wild. Uh, we've got exclusive new video coming out in that Crime Nation episode that we uncover that has never been seen before. So you will want to watch that. Of course, Crime Nation airing Tuesday nights, 8 o'clock Eastern, 7 Central on The CW. Uh, and we've got more episodes to come after that. There's 10 episodes in total. Out Murdoch is coming up. Uh, and then we've got The Gilgo Murders, Laura Ingle, uh, News Nation um, correspondent and also a contributor to Crime Nation. She's going to take over the podcast for The uh, the Gilgo Murders. You won't want to miss that. She really knows that case like no one else. She's been covering it since the very, very beginning in New York. Uh, so it's going to be busy. We've got busy weeks coming up with Crime Nation. for being a part of Crime Nation for this episode of the podcast. Don't forget to watch the show, which airs Tuesdays on The CW at 8 p.m. Eastern. This has been Crime Nation, the podcast.